What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. Accessories are not the best look for you, Vincent. Why are you so mean, Sean? Yeah, come on, I need a little support. I'm feeling insecure. Well done, because while Hollywood doesn't appreciate this gorgeous face, the fashion world does. Now, are you excited? I don't know, Shauna. I'm an actor, not a model. Dolce Gabbana is going to pay you a million dollars for a one-day photo shoot in Italy. Don't act like a fucking model, okay? Oh, oh, he will, and he's excited. Good. Hey, Shauna! Come on, I want to introduce you to the man who made this all happen. How about that new ad read, huh? Thought I'd mix it up for you guys and give you a new Anchor ad read after that one running for about two years. Don't give me shit. It's the only thing making money for me right now. Welcome back, everyone, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from Palm Springs, California. And we got a good one today. Uh, last week's episode, Redemption, we had Nick Lamdeus on. Nick saved the pod because he's just such a diehard Entourage fan. But gotta say, that's not a really memorable episode of Entourage. This one kind of states underneath the radar uh, with the models and the trip to Hawaii at the end of the episode and Ari considering taking the studio job. Had to have my good friend John Cullen back. John Cullen is a Canadian-based stand-up comedian. He's the host of two very popular podcasts. The first one is called Blot Party. The second one is called The P.O.D. Cast. Check those both out if you're looking for new podcasts in your rotation. I had him on way back in season three uh, for The Resurrection, I believe. The episode where Johnny Drama finds out he's finally a TV star goes to the Grand Canyon. Great episode, and I've been dying to have John back. Obviously, the pandemic got in the way, my two-year hiatus got in the way, but he'd been chomping at the bit. He brought a very thoughtful and introspective point of view to this episode, which was great. That's what I love doing. I love mixing it up with different people about this show, and we had a lot of fun. This episode's long. It's over an hour long, so enjoy it. I am still looking for advertisers. If anyone wants me to do an ad read for them, free of cost, just hit me up. If you got a business, some sort of product you're selling, just send me some notes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a creative director in my uh, day job, so I know how to wing it and do voiceover stuff, so happy to help you out. And don't forget to follow the Oh Yeah Pod TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter accounts at Oh Yeah Pod. Got a lot of great guests coming up. We're going to finish this season strong. Maybe we'll do some like fun special episodes in between season five and six, but don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. I'm uh, going to do some traveling towards the end of the month, so I'm going to backload some episodes and uh, we'll see what happens. Wish there was more to report, but that's it for me. Enjoy the episode. I will talk to you next Monday. My guest this week is a very funny stand-up comedian hailing from Canada. He is one very funny half of the popular Blot Party podcast. We had him on way back in season three. John Cullen, welcome back to the Entourage podcast. Oh, JR. So good to be back. Uh, feels, feels amazing. I feel like... Um... In some ways, I willed this podcast back into existence. You you stopped doing it, uh, and which was a totally fair decision, even though I think a lot of me and the other entourage heads were a little disappointed. Uh, but then, uh, in the pandemic, I rewatched the entirety of Entourage, and I feel like I, I at least I must have made a comment to you about that. I don't know, three to five times yep. where I, you'd, you'd tweet something, you were like, or something I'm on ready. Instagram or whatever. I'd be like, look, man, I rewatched the whole thing. 
you have to bring this podcast back. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bring it back for you. I'm not gonna start hosting this show. So you need to bring it back so I can come back on the show. And you did. So I thank you greatly for that. My my pandemic rewatch did not go to waste. And I appreciate both you and everyone who tweeted at me, DM me, emailed me, <laughs> begging for this to come back. It it took a lot of peer pressure, but here we are. We're having a lot of fun. This is a very fun episode of Entourage. It's one of those episodes that you don't remember. Like, it doesn't stand out. Totally, totally. But upon rewatching, and I rewatched these obviously like two or three times in preparation for each episode, I'm like, this is just a great, great hang. So we are doing episode seven of season five. Gotta look up to get down. Its original air date was Sunday, October 19th, 2008. This is a new question I'm asking all my guests. Where were you on this date? And not the exact date, but where were you in your life in October of 2008? So October 2008 was a pretty big time in my life, JR. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, So October 2008, I was just beginning teacher's college. So um, I had finished my bachelor degree. I graduated in May of 2008 with a degree in English literature. And then I started teacher's college in October 2008. But in that summer between May and October, for the first time, I coordinated UBC, the University of British Columbia, my alma mater. I coordinated their Frosh Week. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah. So I was like, had probably the most serious job of my life and then was heading into a very serious program uh, for this teaching program. Actually, sorry, I guess it was the second time I had coordinated Frosh Week. Yeah, that's right. So the second time, I did it two summers in a row. So the second time I coordinated Frosh Week. Um, so there was just a lot going on. And then right around this time in October, I also started a new relationship. Wow. Um, it ended about eight months later, <laughs> but this was like all kind of, a lot of things were happening in my life at this time. I would have been uh, just about to turn 23. So I'm born on Halloween, um, so I was just about to be 23, uh, which is really the prime age, I feel like, for enjoying Entourage, which is probably why I liked the show so much. Um, and yeah, so that's where I was at. So just a, a, a lot going on. I can almost guarantee you I did not watch this episode as it was happening. Because okay. um, I think we, I, we talked about this the last time I was on the show, but being in Canada, HBO was not really readily available like it wasn't really in cable packages there was obviously no streaming yet um so it was a difficult thing to get like you had to pay a decent amount to have it you needed to have some kind of satellite access or something like that um and so yeah so i would wait for the dvds to come out and then watch it all when the dvds came out so so i probably wasn't watching it in october 2008 but that's what was happening in my life at the time well you also very clearly had a lot going on in this month so you might not have even had any time exactly i mean you can't always have time for episode seven of (laughs) of season five of entourage when you've got a lot going on we talked about this off mic though but entourage is so good in like small doses so you getting like that dose of like, you know, just here is three hours of entourage on DVD once a year. Yep. That's 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 kind of perfect. You can savor that, you can revisit it. I don't know why I'm using so many food analogies. It's dinner time here in <laughs> California. Um so uh one quick thing I like to do like a you know time capsule here. On this date, this is some hockey news. And there isn't usually a ton oh, of hockey nice. news in uh, October, but this hockey news is more uh, personal to me than it is to you, John. But two days okay. prior, on Friday, October 17th, my Chicago Blackhawks fired their head coach, Dennis Savard, and replaced him with Joel Twinville. 
Twenville wow. achieved yeah. his greatest success as the head coach of the Blackhawks, whom he led to three Stanley Cup titles between 2008 and 2014. His championship victory in 2010 was the Blackhawks' first since 1961, which ended the then-longest Stanley Cup drought. Good wow, times. Big moment, and do not Google what Joel <laughs> Quenville is up to today. Just remember that time period yeah. of his coaching yes. and... Just don't worry about what he's been doing. Is that like, I don't mean. Uh, I mean, worry about it. Yes. I mean, you should worry about it. It was pretty bad. Don't, don't pretty work rough. for the yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I don't mean to turn this into a hockey podcast, but like. No, no. Is it going to like keep him out of the hockey hall of fame? I don't even really know how that works. Is that the type of thing that would just like black mark him? I think so. I mean, it's weird because there was some talk this off season that he might find his way back into a head coaching job. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for those of you who don't know, we don't have to get into all the nitty gritty, but he was currently, he was coaching the Florida Panthers this year. And then you probably saw if you're a sports fan at all, the Chicago Blackhawks went through, um, a, a big sexual assault scandal with one of their former players of which Joel Quenville was the coach at the time when that was happening. So he was asked to step down as the coach of the Panthers. So there has been some off season talk that he could apply to the NHL for reinstatement and become a coach. It's just going to be if there's a team willing to take that on. But, I mean, hockey does have a pretty poisonous culture, as does sports in general. <laughs> so it is very possible that he could uh, find his way not only back into the league but into the Hall of Fame. Uh, but I think overall, to answer your question, yes, that is something that could potentially okay. uh, keep him out of the Hall of Fame for sure. Well, Coach Q gave me a wonderful decade or so of Chicago hockey, so uh, many thanks to him there and – no thanks whatsoever upon uh, what happened after the fact. Um, correct. Correct. Quick recap of this week's episode. And these are not quick at all. I get these directly from the HBO <laughs> website. I'm realizing like they must have changed writers of these recaps midway through the show's run. Because when I used to do these recaps, seasons two, three, four, they were like maybe a minute long. And this is a lot of information, but it's all the information you need. So if you didn't get a chance to rewatch the episode, bear with me for the next two minutes and uh and just listen so vince and the guys show up for his dolce and gabbana photo shoot and when sparks fly between vince and his co-star model natasha everyone notices including the campaign's mastermind freddie line meanwhile at alan gray's funeral ari corners gray's boss john ellis to secure vince a role in smoke jumpers but ellis has other ideas like hiring ari as alan gray's replacement back on the photo shoot natasha is replaced and eric gets some aggressive attention from another model reina who turns out to be more into him as a manager than a boy toy. Vince accuses Freddie of firing Natasha because she wouldn't sleep with him, but Freddie reveals that it's actually Vince that he wants to sleep with. And Vince quits, losing out on another million-dollar paycheck. As John continues to woo Ari with a model airplane and an expensive watch, Ari gets increasingly annoyed with his clients and decides to take John up on a last-minute jaunt with the wives to Geneva on the corporate jet. At Van Nuys Airport, Ari runs into Vince and crew on their way for a getaway with Natasha and a plane full of models. Ari then confides in Vince about his job offer and a torn Vince congratulates him and they all take off in their separate jets. Whew! I mean, you weren't kidding. <laughs> I mean, that literally tells you... Because most episodes of Entourage, there isn't a whole lot that happens. Yeah. So to even write a recap this long... Is kind of crazy. It's probably it's like the same length as the script. <laughs> yeah, <episode>. exactly. <laughs> they basically cover literally everything. I mean, I heard you say it, and I was mentally preparing for it, but it literally was 
very every everything that happened was right there. So great job, HBO recap guys. I guess I might have to start self-editing these because it's just it's they're dense. So, John, first question as always: What is your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? Oh, I mean, there's a there's a few good moments in this episode, I have to say. But uh, I think for me, favorite moment of the episode is uh, Jeffrey Tambor <laughs> going over the the breakdowns of Ari in his office. I don't want to do any more TV. That's Satan's work. You're, you're, you're bored out of your mind. Yeah, well, get me a fucking job. Every day I get an offer for you, and you don't want to do anything. I wanted to do that pit film. You wanted to do his role. You're a dick. Listen to me. You listening? Yes. Okay. I brought the breakdowns, and um, I just want to go through everything that they're getting ready to shoot, and I want to, to see what you think I'm right for. Now, look at this. Good, good, goodbye. How bad can that be? Can we? <sighs> Big Deal Jimmy. What the fuck is wrong with Big Deal Jimmy? I could be in that. Laugh, laugh, daddy. There has to be a father's role in there. Lloyd! It's just incredibly funny. Uh, you know, Jeremy Piven, season five. He's dialed in, yep. you know, you, you can feel because we've all been in that situation before where where someone is talking to you and you just desperately want to be out of that conversation. You can feel Ari's desperation in that moment to get away from Jeffrey Tambor. And he is just like, you know, presenting all these scripts <laughs> and breakdowns to Ari. And it, it reminds me of back in season one when um Ari is uh, getting mad at Josh Weinstein yep. and he says that you're going to be uh, for the rest of your life, you're going to be peddling like the little dog faced bitch boy <laughs> or whatever. That was basically the scripts that Jeffrey Tambor was presenting. He's like, why couldn't I be the little dog faced bitch boy? <laughs> I could totally be that guy, you know? Uh, so yeah, if Jeffrey Tambor shows up in the show a few times, this is his first appearance, uh, and oh, okay, nice. I didn't realize yeah. that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's great every time. And I think that that is, is the funniest part of the episode for me. Definitely. This episode reunites Piven and Tambor for the first time in almost two decades since they worked together as co-stars on The Larry Sanders Show. This also creates a bit of a paradox because on The Larry Sanders Show, they're both playing fictional characters. But in this episode, Jeff is playing a fictionalized version of himself. So it's just interesting. I, I, the, the fact that like he calls Ari every single day and just kind of like, Strolls in, grabs an iced tea, sits on his desk, and is like, what are you doing for lunch? As if, like, he truly has nothing better to do but, like, harass his agent. It's the perfect amount of grating, annoying, and, like, you know, in the middle of a very busy Ari Gold episode, just, like, stops you in your tracks. Like, man, get the fuck out of my way, Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> it's also just, like, it is very stark how much better at acting Jeffrey Tambor is than everyone else in the show. I mean, Jeremy Piven's pretty good. Sure. I mean, you know, he won a bunch of Emmys for this. But, like, there, it's just so funny. You go from a scene with, you know, Adrian Grenier, <laughs> you know, being a wooden statue as always and, you know, whatever, and then it switches to two actual good actors doing an actual funny scene, and it's almost, like, jarring. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually bizarre and it's also fun to watch in a rewatch because it's a scene where the jokes still hold up. Yeah. Because there's like a lot of jokes in Entourage, and I realized this in my rewatch in the pandemic. There's a lot of jokes that rely on you kind of also being a sort of like 
uh, arrogant bro, you know, like that's what a lot of the jokes kind of are. It's sort of like locker room, you know, I'm just a, I'm also a bro. They're my bros. We're all bros. Ha ha ha. It's, you know, whereas like this scene has legitimate funny beats in it, which Entourage doesn't have all that often. So the scene really sticks out as like a jarring, like, Ooh, cool. Two people who know how to act are doing it. That scene has probably 10 Emmy awards in that room. Right. Or, and, and probably yeah, a dozen op- nominations. Yeah. Ari, every day I didn't offer for you and you don't want to do anything, Tambor. I wanted to do that pit film. Yeah, but you wanted to do his role, is what Ari says. It's, <laughs> yeah. just, it's so good. Uh, the fact that he like yeah. thinks highly of himself, like too, maybe too much of himself to do like a Bradley Pitt role. My favorite moment, and it, you know, I don't want to bury the lead here, but like the final scene between Vinny and Ari at Van Nuys Airport is a Pantheon entourage moment. People reference it all the time. It's actually got some like surprising heart to it in a season that doesn't have a lot of heart we've got you know vince is down on his luck because of uh Midian and he's trying to get smoke jumpers there's not a lot of motion emotion in this season but like you hear fake plastic trees by radiohead in the background it's like that sunset around them and they have this moment where like it almost is like they're going in two different directions where are you headed we're going to geneva that's al's boss right there oh yeah yeah oh you're going to geneva for me Something wrong? Yeah, listen, Vinny, um, you're the only one in this town that I'm telling this to. I'm in a position to get you any job that we want for the rest of your career. How so? They're offering me Alan's position. They want me to run the studio. Wow. Yeah. And it just came out of the blue. What do you think? Oh, I just, I mean, I, I think I'd like us to finish what we started together, but I think you got to do what you got to do, right? What are you thinking? I'm thinking, I don't know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'll tell you that much. Wow. Yeah. Have a good trip. Well, you All right. <laughs> All right. Yo, what's up? They just offered Ari the studio head position. Is he going to take it? a little bit of nitpicky stuff I want to get to about that scene in the end but like I don't know how'd you feel about that scene John I still watch it and I'm like man that was that was pretty damn good so I I don't know how into it we want to get but that that scene is actually my least favorite moment Mm. of the episode and it's not it's not I agree with what you're saying I think like the musical cue is perfect they're shooting the scene at sunset it's all that it's all good but the thing I didn't like about it and maybe you feel this as well when you said you were going to get nitpicky is I don't quite understand why Vince would be upset about this. Thank you. Yes. It, let's just talk. Let's talk about okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Cause it doesn't really compute to me. Right. Because so, so Ari says, look, Vin, I'm going to be, I might become the studio head at Warner. We're going to get to make all the movies we want for the rest of our lives. Like in theory for Vince, this should be an incredible for him. Yep. Right. We saw him like the last episode I did with you, he was trying to buy the Medellin script. Yep. Like he, he couldn't get Medellin made. He's had, trouble getting roles that he wants like whatever so the one guy who throughout these five seasons has been in his corner is now about to have one of the most powerful jobs in the industry 
And his response was, "We, I was hoping we would finish what we started. Yeah. First of all, what does that even yes. mean? What is the finish line for a celebrity? There's no such thing. It's not like a race. <laughs> it's not a sport. What does that even mean? How do we know that we're finished? How would Vince know that he's finished? Like, there's not going to be a moment with him and Ari, you know, sitting on a beach, looking at the horizon, being like, well, we did it. It's all over. We made it to the finish line. We set we it. We did it, Ari. So that made, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I know that they're just trying to create some friction between Vince and Ari for the purposes of the show. But like in real life, your immediate reaction would be number one. I'm happy for my friend. Mm -hmm. He's gotten a huge job that he's probably always wanted for decades worked his ass off for. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, no, totally, totally. And then number two, this is also going to directly benefit me yep. in a massive way. Like that's the best when you can be happy for your friend as well as genuinely happy for yourself. Those are like the best moments in life. So that that was the part of it, I think, that really I had an issue with. And it sounds like you you had the same issue. John, I'm so glad you brought this up. We are completely aligned. I'll just jump to my least favorite moment. And as, as much as I love this final scene, it's Vince immediately thinking about himself upon hearing this news. And it's weird because you never think of Vincent Chase as having much of an ego. But two weeks ago when I was in Joshua Tree, I had Brandon Wennert on. We were talking about how in his mushroom-induced haze, Vince sees himself fighting a fire on the side of the road. And we were like, man, that is one of the most egotistical, ridiculous things that like, anyone could think. But we were like, well, he's an A-list actor. They're kind of all psychotic in that way. So you're right. In this moment, Ari, who they continuously call each other good friends. Totally. Ari's just like, I'm about to make all your dreams come true. I can get you any movie that you want. Aren't you happy for me? And Vinny's like... Nah, I kind of wish we'd finish what we started here. You know, where I'm broke and I'm torpedoing like million dollar model deals and turning down Benji scripts that you were handing to me on a silver platter with a $3 million offer attached. It, it, it really, really, really doesn't compute for me 14 years later watching the episode. Yeah, because there's not even, like you say, I, I do think, and we're going to see that coming up in season six and, you know, with the whole Sasha Gray storyline and the drugs and all that. Like, I do think it is <clears throat> maybe the start of a sort of important character arc for Vince where he does develop an ego yeah. and he does become, he does become this guy who starts thinking about himself. But again, it just goes back to, even if you were developing an ego and whatever, you would be thrilled at this development. This is great news for you. Yep. I mean, it's, uh, it's unbelievable news for you as, as Vincent, as Vincent Chase. So, it just, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. I, I think it, you hit it on the head. It doesn't compute. It, there's, it's like, it doesn't in re, in real life, and not shows don't have to mimic real life, but in real life, this would be no one's reaction <laughs> to this news. It would be no one's reaction to this news. Yep. And and then the whole scene where at the end too, where he gets on the plane with Natasha and Ari's like smiling and waving <laughs> at him, and he like closes the blind on the plane window. It's like, Childish. come on. <laughs> yeah, like, even if you were stunned in the moment, yeah. like, you're, like, you're trying to process it in your brain, and you're like, oh, my gosh, Ari's maybe not going to be my agent anymore. I don't know what's going on. This is, even if you had to have that moment, presumably two, even two to three minutes later, you would have already gained a little bit of clarity about, like, actually, no, this might be really good for me. Yeah. And you certainly wouldn't be so mad that you like blow this guy off and just like slowly close the plane window cover. Like, yeah. So that that really threw me off, and I didn't I didn't care for it. And it's kind of the, 
I guess you see it in Entourage quite a bit because there really isn't a whole lot of drama to be had here. It's just million. It's just whether the millionaires are going to get one million or three million or five million. That's really the only drama that's (laughs) inherent in the show. Uh, But yeah, it it really kind of it really threw a wrench in what was like you say otherwise i think a pretty strong episode of the show yeah the stakes are never lower in this episode let's let's keep going but i think we will circle back to the the vince and our sure. because it, it, i'm I, I i'm glad we were thinking along the same line so every week we do a favorite bros being bros moment it doesn't have to be like them being douchebags but really like guys just having their bats do you have any bros being bros moments in this week's episode John? yes yes the big bros being bros moment was when uh it seemed like e was getting pulled into reyna's hotel room <laughs> because she wanted to have sex with him yeah. and then it turns out that she just wanted him to watch her reel <laughs> and then he comes back to the pool and drama and turtle are like ragging on him for like not being able to close the yeah. deal that's a very like bros being bros moment to me not necessarily having each other's back but just the like Oh, you, it looked like that was a sure thing, and you fumbled the ball. Yeah. It's like it's that kind of you fumbled the ball at the one yard line, man. Like how'd you screw that up, sort of thing. Which I thought was really uh, that was definitely something that at that time in my life with my bros would have would have gone very similarly. Well, that was quick. Either he couldn't close, or the sheer physics of the act was too overwhelming. <laughs> Actually, I've been trying to figure out how it would line up. <laughs> So I was right? She was into you? No, you weren't right. She's an actress, thought I could help manage her. My God. Oh, you're happy about that? If I can't fuck a model today, nobody should. Oh, real team player drama. Yeah, right? So, can she act? No. No model can. And she's a bitch. I mean, she leans over me to talk to me. Come on. Oh, she's taller than you. Yeah, you're taller than me, too. You don't lean over me. <laughs> Sorry. Poor E. Whoa, And a lot of the interactions around the guys being surrounded by supermodels, which I think is 80% of this episode is yeah. very, very honest. And like, so w- what I have is that like turtle just completely sits the whole thing out. He's like, I'm not going to try to hook up with these models. You know, he says at one point, like at this point, I'm just hoping for an insecure civilian to walk by, but like him watching drama strike out again and again, and just dying laughing kind of like on the sidelines with E I've been that friend. I've been the friend watching my friend totally. at a bar, just like pinball around from woman to woman and just, be left spinning like a top and just finding all of the humor in the world in it. it it's really, really great. There's there's a little tiny line, I have to highlight it, where it's when they're at the W and Vince finds out uh, Natasha's room number. I don't know how, by the way. And he goes, room 813, I'm going up. And E goes, all right, good luck, buddy. And Drama goes, remember to tell her, nobody likes a quitter, bro. And Vince <laughs> is like, uh, all right, thanks. And he's like, Nobody likes a quitter. What What are you fucking saying? And then he's like, I'm getting a drink. It's so funny because like, that's what you would say to your like older, weird friend giving weird, bad advice. Like, Dude, why would you say that to him? That was terrible. Let's get a drink. Like, it's great. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. How you doing, honey? Which one of us are you flying, honey? Whichever one of you is interested. That'd be neither of us. These models must all be cycling together. It's like a bad attitude. You got bad game. Oh, yeah, yours is pretty good today, too, Turtle. Oh, I've given up playing. At this point, I'm just hoping an insecure civilian walks by that I can fuck. That's just sad. Room 813. All right, we'll wait down here. Cool. Hey, don't do anything we wouldn't do. I won't. And don't forget to tell her, no one likes a quitter, bro. Okay, Johnny. No one likes a quitter? I need a drink. I actually have one more, and it's not... 
male bros being bros, but we have a rare women being bros to each other. And that is yeah. when Vince does go up to Natasha's hotel room. He meets her model friend Vivica, and Vivica attempts to lure Vince into like the bathtub with her, and he declines. And at the end, she's like, "Don't worry, that was a test. I'll tell Natasha you're like a good dude." Hey, Vince. Hey. I'm Vivica. Come on in. Thank you. Is uh, Natasha here? No, she left. Oh, really? Where'd she go? She had to go to Mallorca, I think, or maybe Hawaii. Oh, wow. Well, at least they're both hot. Yeah, I think she was more excited about going to Italy with you. And if she wasn't so worried about her career, she probably would have told Frederick to go fuck himself. Really? Well, what happened? He told me she quit. Of course he did. He's a fucking liar and he's obsessed with her. He saw you two vibing at the party, so he moved her to the lookbook shoot and shipped her off. Are you serious? Yeah. Listen, don't tell him this because I still want to work for him, but Frederick's a psycho. Yeah, it sounds like it. Do you have your number? I'd love to call her. Sorry, I don't. How about I leave you mine, just in case you see her? Sure, go ahead. You know, Vince, you should stick around. I was about to puff a J, take a bath. <laughs> you could join. Sounds tempting. Very tempting, but I don't think that's such a good idea. <laughs> okay, but I was just testing you anyway. I'm gonna tell Natasha that you're a good guy. Thank you. Bye, Vince. Ciao. First off, that is the most twisted female way to test somebody's <laughs> like loyalty to their girlfriend, but Vince passes. Surprisingly, Vincent Chase doesn't want to bang the supermodel that's being thrown at him or that's throwing herself at him. Yeah. It did there wasn't because there's lots of other times in the show where he would absolutely have sex with that one. So I don't know quite in that moment. Like, I wasn't even necessarily buying that it was because of Natasha. Yeah. It almost just seemed like he was just in a mood. Yeah. Like, he was like, I don't talk to yeah. me. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I can't, leave me alone, you know? Like, I also thought it was really funny. He goes up to her room, Vivica answers the door, <laughs> and she's just like, so she's in a hotel room by herself and is just wearing extremely expensive <laughs> lingerie. Like, that's just how she's chilling by herself. Yep. Like, oh, yeah, I was just about to smoke this joint and hang out by myself, and she's wearing clearly, like, <laughs> top-of-the-line, like, Victoria's Secret or Agent Provocateur lingerie yep. with, like, a nice silk robe on. It's like, I'm pretty sure, even if she was in underwear, it wouldn't be that kind yep. of underwear by herself in her hotel room. Like, that part really made me laugh, too. It was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, and there's this entourage. little thing that you see a lot with women in Entourage where they just go, oh, hey, Vince. And they're just – because they know who he yeah. is. He has no idea totally. who they are. But they just are yeah. immediately like, we know each other because I watch you. And, and th that's very good in my opinion. But it's always a little weird. He can just kind of walk into any room and everyone knows who he is. Totally. Okay, so uh, we kind of already talked about our least favorite moment. I, I, mine really truly is Vince's reaction to Ari's news. Mine too. Do you have anything else on top of that? I just the this episode was really really shitty towards models <laughs> like I don't get like I guess those sort of passed for jokes yeah, in 2008 but it was like really fucking shitty in like a bodily image kind yep. of way and just like like I I wrote down some of the lines here that it was just like the one was crazy um Shauna yep. says uh, Shauna says, models are like cockroaches. You stamp one out and 50 more appear in their place. 
which was just like, oh my God, <laughs> what gross. Women empowering women. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Like that's when Vince was learned that Natasha had been taken off the photo shoot and he called Shauna all upset. What happened to Natasha? Then she said that. There was also um, the photographer yep. referred to Natasha as a creature, yep. um, which I didn't care for. Uh, and then there was another one, I think, where they were just talking about how, like, all the models don't eat or something yeah. like that. I didn't really – I didn't write that one down, but, um, yeah, it was really unfortunate. I also thought it was funny – this is just as an aside, so somewhat related. At the beginning of the episode, Vince is all nervous about being in this photo shoot for Dolce yeah. & Gabbana, and he says the line, I'm an actor, not a model. <laughs> and I'm like, you're kind of just a model. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. kind of just, like – it, th I mean, Entourage kind of makes no bones about the fact that Vince gets a lot of his roles because he's just extremely good looking. Yeah. So it's like it's not. I, it was just very funny. Like I and I know in the show they try to play it off that Vince is a good actor. Sure. You know, we see that with Queens Boulevard and and he tries with Medi and I mean people don't like mm -hmm. it, but he's at least trying to be like a you know a gritty character actor. Um, but that line just made me laugh too, where they've sort of established in the show that. He mostly is kind of a model that talks. Uh, I thought that was funny. Yeah, and I think they're trying to draw some distinction between like actors and actresses and models and how actors and actresses are just so much more more than, right? Talented in some way, but totally. you're absolutely right. And, and in this episode, Vince, you were being used for your looks and you're getting paid a million bucks to do it. So like, I don't know why you need to... You know, I don't know where that distinction is. Just, <laughs> just shut up and and again, this is now like that totally. the third episode in a row where he has turned down a massive payday out of principle, and they are so broke at this point that like everyone is seeing red. If my buddy turns down this modeling did because the model got fired, didn't even get fired. The model just got a different modeling did. She's just like in Hawaii, still getting yeah. paid to model. And he's like, oh, I didn't feel right about it. So sorry, guys. <laughs> I guess we're not going to have any money this month. It's just If I was very business odd. manager Marvin, I would like hold him at gunpoint and make him go do that Dolce & Gabbana shoot. Are you kidding me? Totally. For one day. Yeah. I mean, because doesn't – and there are – they've already used this plot line. There was the t other time when they were broke and Vince starred in that, like, Japanese yep. commercial. Power energy drink uh, thing, yeah. Yeah, power energy <laughs> drink. Where it was like – so it – it's not out of his yep. realm to just like pick up extra cash this way. Uh, yeah. He's very he's suddenly very principled in season five. And I think he gets more and more principled and maybe that's while his star grows, but all right, let's keep going. This is a new question that I didn't ask you when you were on season three. What's the okay. most entourage moment of this episode? And that is whatever you think it is. Yeah, so for me, it's a it's a confluence of two things. The first one is that they're both taking a private jet <laughs> at exactly the same time, out of not only out of the same airport, but out of the same airport hangar. <laughs> I mean, that is just like Entourage is very good at like setting up all the dominoes and then knocking them down in perfect sequence. Yep. Like that's kind of every episode of the show. But that is just like the likelihood <laughs> that you're both taking a private jet, it's taking off at exactly the same time from the same hangar at a smaller airport to Van Nuys Airport was so funny to me. And then also just, uh, you know, as I'm sure we're all aware, like the Entourage movie has one of the records for like the most product placements in a movie <laughs> ever made. 
Um, and this entire episode is basically an advertisement for Marquee Jet, um, which is very entourage to me, particularly, and you referenced it earlier, John is trying to woo Ari to become the Warner Brothers studio head, <laughs> and he sends him a toy airplane. What, what, gro- I mean, yes, he also sends him a beautiful watch, yeah. but like what grown man in an, in a, like, in a business who's a very powerful man, sends another grown man a toy airplane as a way of inviting them on, like, a it's, private jet. It's a great point. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. It's just, a, it's just a way to have the marquee jet plane sitting on his desk for most of the episode. And so that was a, a classic entourage, like, not just a product placement, but a product placement that forces me to suspend all disbelief. <laughs> I'll do you one better in that scene, John, because we see Ari sure. playing with the toy jet. And in the background, on a 57-inch LCD TV, we see the trailer for the Mark Wahlberg movie Mad Max being played over and over <laughs> again. I didn't even notice that. Mark Wahlberg is a producer on Entourage, and I'm pretty yeah. sure he went, hey, you know what's going to be playing in the background? My fucking movie. <laughs> That's so funny. I didn't even notice that. That rocks. Yeah, there's, it's so hilarious. I mean, obviously, product placements and everything, yeah. but it was just entourage was truly one of the one of the masters at it and, and so yeah that just made me laugh to me i felt like that was uh very entourage both both of those things what have you got there Ari? no i asked you to get the fuck out yes but john ellis is on the phone i figured you'd want it put him through like the new watch Ari gold and your little plane i love the watch john so now to mark p gay Ari. possibly the finest timepiece known to man what can I say? I'm a fan. Fan enough to come to Geneva to watch me try to buy the company? Are you serious? I never fuck around when I'm talking about a billion-dollar deal. Bring your wife. I'll show you Switzerland on a Wednesday. I'll also show you what could be. Well, I, you know, I got a lot of things going on here, John. Oh, no pressure, Ari. It's not how I do it. I've got a golf stream leaving out of Van Nuys at 7. If you're on it, good. If not, I'll talk to you when I get back. Enjoy the day. Are you hiding something from me, Ari? Only my cock and my asshole, Lloyd. So my most entourage moment is just these plot beats right here. In one scene, Vince quits the modeling shoot out of, you know, principle, in quotes, turning down another massive payday that these guys desperately need. And then as a result, he and the boys get invited on a private jet full of supermodels to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. It's just, of course, why wouldn't? Of course. Hey, Vince, that must mean you're free. Come with me and my 12 hot girlfriends to Hawaii. It's just, it's fucking perfect. It's chef's kiss entourage perfect. I guess I'm just not cut out for the fashion world. Have to get it. That whole world is deviants, bro. The dudes bang each other while the chicks watch. The chicks bang each other while more chicks watch. And yet nobody will let you watch anything. <laughs> Pick on me all you want, Turtle, but you never and shall forever never get what I've had. Herpes? Oh. My dick is clean, tiny man. Hello. Hey, Vince. Natasha. Hey, I got your message. Uh, yeah, I wanted to say I'm sorry about the campaign. Yeah, that shit happens all the time. Are you going to be okay without me? Well, it's funny you should ask. You couldn't face it alone, so I quit. Really? Yep. Well, um, if you have some free time, why don't you come join me to Hawaii for my shoot? We have plenty of space on the plane. Oh, yeah? You got room for four? For sure. And uh, maybe bring your manager. I have a special request for him. Great. So 
Uh, I'll text you. See you there. What's up? Models, models, and more models. I don't follow. Oh, but you will. You will. Well, we know nothing can go wrong <laughs> for these guys. You can't have an episode that ends on a on a downer. Yep. Like it would be it would be interesting to see to go back and actually count how many of the total episodes end on like a down note. It's true. Like, it's got to be, is it like five? There are, so there are 96 episodes of Entourage. I know this. I, it's probably less than 10. It's got to be less than 10, right? Like, I know there's a couple in the season where Vince gets, like, tangled up with drugs sure. and stuff. But, like, yeah, for the most part, because I guess you could theoretically say this episode ended on a down note. I mean, Fake Plastic Trees is playing, sure. which, is a, which is a bummer song. But, like, it's not really, like you said, it's not really a down As note. As they fly like, off into the sunset. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't feel so bad for Vince. But, yeah, it's just, like, you're right. Like, that's a perfect example of an entourage moment. <laughs> oh, just when this thing went wrong. It's like Drake, right, where he'll, like, <laughs> write song lyrics about, like, oh... I had sex with this girl, and now I feel empty inside. <laughs> like, oh, yes, too bad you had the sex again, you know. I think early on in the show, like, the down moments are even funnier. Like, in season two, they'll be like, they're at a nightclub, and they're like, hey, do you want Leo's booth? Yeah, Leo went to so-and-so to talk to James Cameron about some fish movie, and they're like, no. <laughs> and they're, like, looking at each other. Like... <laughs> and then the next episode, the first scene is Ari being like, yeah, that Leo's – locked up till 08 he's fine and you're just like oh so that was just like a a negative ending for no reason other than to like create some drama i guess yeah totally favorite line or quote from this week's episode there is a lot of good ones in this episode it's been a while a lot of good ones a lot of good ones i have two they're both from johnny drama uh you know kevin dylan just some of his line reads are hilarious uh the first one that really got me was uh was E coming back again? He was with Raina in the hotel room. They all thought that he was going to have sex with her. E comes down to the pool, reveals he did not have sex with her, and Johnny Drama said, oh, that's good because my mind was spinning with how that would have even been possible. And he uses the words, uh, the sheer physics of the <laughs> act. Uh, sure, he's like uh, and, his delivery yeah, yeah it just it's so funny he's like my mind was blown by the sheer physics of the act um which was very and then turtle follows that up with the like line drawings on the napkin which is less funny um and then there's another part where um they're in the bar having that drink after johnny drama gives the bad advice to vince <laughs> and this is when reyna brings yep. e away to go to her hotel room and uh drama is just flabbergasted that E has managed to pull another hot woman in front of him, and he says, "Am I not the one on the network fucking TV network show? Fucking TV show? It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you. Hey. Mm. Strange thing you hear. You're not following me, are you? Oh, uh, actually, no. Vince is meeting with one of your coworkers. And who are you meeting with? I'm meeting with anyone. Yes, you are me. You boys mind if I kidnap him? You have any friends that might want to hold us hostage? Where are you taking me? Don't fight me. If you do, I will sweep you off your feet and carry you to my room. Am I not the one on the network fucking TV show? It's so funny <laughs> because even in 2008, it wasn't a big deal really to be on a network TV show. And so it was just like it is, obviously. But you know what I mean? Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, the average person does not know who Johnny Drama is. Um, so, yeah, that part just really made me laugh as well it's always drama you know he always has those great lines 
the beginning scene which we haven't talked about ari at the alan bray funeral so good it's it's yeah. it's probably my favorite ari moment for the episode which we'll get to but like the very first line of the episode is he's looking down at alan and he's like i hate myself for the fact that even today i still don't like you i mean i want to i do ari. baby i'm ari. The idea behind that, that you're at someone's funeral and you're just looking down at them with contempt is hilarious. And immediately going into Ari Gold super agent mode at a fucking funeral is, it's gold. And then, you know, he weirdly, I can't believe that John Ellis offers him this position like verbally at a funeral as if like that was the plan the whole time. Like, I'm going to go to this funeral, pay my respects to Alan Gray, I'll see Ari Gold there, and that is when I will make him the studio head offer. It's very, very strange. And then the, the interplay between Ari and his wife afterwards. How would you like to be fucking a studio head, baby? And she's like, oh, Ron Meyer's pretty handsome. Like, she's great, obviously. Mrs. Ari's the only one who can stand up to him. And um, there's some fun interplay there. John, I am so sorry. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. He's having a good run. Yeah. I was on the golf course with him when it happened. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you know, that he promised Vince and Chase smoke jumpers. And uh, we should keep that good run going by honoring that promise. Sorry. I'll speak okay. to you after we've paid our respects. Of course, of course, of course. Hello. Listen, just excuse me for one second, babe. No business, Ari. Respect. Respect means keeping business alive even when you're dead. Remember that. John, what do you say we bring Vince back to the studio just to pay tribute to Alan? I sell airplane engines, Ari. Studio accounts for 5% of our business. I can't focus on who's doing what and what movie. Wow. The replacement will have to do that. Who are you thinking about? Thinking about you. Really? I thought about you when I first hired Alan, but you were still a bit green. Well, a lot has changed since then. It certainly has. <laughs> You've made me an even richer man by bringing me three tent poles in three years. Maybe it's time I return the favor. Ready to move from the ground floor to the penthouse, sorry? Yeah, I loved that. I I wrote that line down, too. I thought that was really good. And it was just like, I feel like Entourage as a show doesn't have a lot of those. There's not like a lot of throwaway laugh lines on Entourage. A lot of the the stuff that they try to play off as humor mostly comes from Ari. So it's like pretty heavy handed often. Mm -hmm. So just to have that sort of throwaway joke that Mrs. Ari just kind of throws out there. Um, and it lands perfectly is 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 really good. So yeah, I I I'd ri- I had that written down too. It was very good. Oh, and I also liked. I should say too. Um, there was a very funny line. Lloyd says, um, he's they're talking about um something to do with the funeral, yeah. and Lloyd yeah. just says, Ari, that's very macabre. <laughs> he knows how was the funeral, and Ari goes, great. Alan's never looked better. <laughs> oh yes, that's right. I couldn't remember what the line was that came before, and then he was like, Ari, that's pretty macabre. <laughs> and I just thought him saying like very, like just him, Lloyd saying macabre was like perfect for him. Perfect line um, yeah, so I, I really like that one too. How was the funeral, Ari? Oh, it was delightful. Are you kidding? Alan has not looked that good in years. Ari, that's very macabre. So what's been going on here? What was your favorite song in this week's episode? So the last two episodes of Entourage, the music has not really stood out, and there are some banners in this week's episode we have a playlist it's called oh yeah oh yeah music you can check it out subscribe to it it's in the show notes of today's episode we've got radiohead we've got a tribe called quest 
Yeah, I mean, it's got to be fake plastic trees yeah. for me, uh, just because it's a great song. I don't even necessarily think it's a the best song for that scene, because it's like a little more sad than the scene deserves. Yeah. I think, like to me, the music cue seems very heavy. But like we've already said, you and I weren't necessarily super invested in this new Vince Ari subplot, <laughs> so it didn't feel like it necessarily earned the gravitas of fake plastic trees. But at the same time. Anytime you're getting Radiohead in an Entourage episode, like I have to imagine Radiohead doesn't license out a ton of music True. and it's probably quite expensive. Um, so to get fake plastic trees, pretty good. And it's obviously an amazing song. So it, it just had to be that one for me. It's a flex for sure. But I mentioned Check the Rhyme by Tribe Called Quest. It's when Vince is leaving Freddie's apartment, then walking and talking with the boys down the street all the way up until Ari and Mrs. Ari pull up and see the private jet to Geneva. And then the first song in the uh, episode when the boys kind of stroll into this room full of fashion models is Dance With Me by uh, Dizzy Rascal featuring Calvin Harris and Chromio. So some more modern uh, stuff, modern for 2008. But uh, yeah, all three of those songs will be on the playlist. Check it out. We've already talked about celebrity uh, cameo. So that was probably Jeffrey Tambor, unless you have any more. Yeah, I mean, he is really the only one, yeah. right? Like, I didn't think there, because I don't have anybody for worst celebrity cameo, and Jeffrey Tambor was great in that scene. So for me, that was best. This is a new category. It's called Best Perk. And this is like, yeah. whatever it may be, whether it's swag, VIP access, a car. I think in this one, the private jets take the tape, but I want to talk about this watch that Ari gets from John Ellis. I don't know if you're a a watch guy john i am not i don't know anybody who is in 2022 to be honest with you i'm not really either i i know i know one guy a buddy of mine who who hosts a show here in vancouver i'm actually gonna be i'm, I'm taping one i'm taping it with him tomorrow nice. actually but um he's a big he'll like post his different watches on twitter and stuff and he's like a big watch guy i i usually wear a watch i have a couple watches but i'm also not like like, I would imagine when Ari opens that box, it was supposed to mean something to yeah. us. And then, obviously, John says the name of the watch, which to, like, hammer home what we were actually looking at. And both looking at the watch and hearing the name of it did nothing for me. I didn't register as, like... I obviously... You can understand from context, it's a very expensive yep. watch. But I there was no... It didn't immediately be like, oh, my God, it's that yeah. watch. Like, I that... that that went way over my head. So ask your friend when you record with him tomorrow about a gold Audemars Piquet. <laughs> I can't even fucking pronounce it. PK? PK, thank you. The, it's a Royal Oak Chronograph watch. Guess the retail value. Just give me a number. 150. So used 100K, but brand new, which is what uh, I'm assuming John Ellis gives to Ari, half a million dollars. Half a mil. Half a million dollar fucking watch. I mean, that's today. So Ooh. 14 years ago, maybe it was like... 350k but i mean Ooh. jesus christ puts that toy half a mil puts that toy airplane to shame that's for sure no kidding no kidding that's what i mean why send a toy airplane <laughs> in a five hundred thousand dollar watch that's those things don't match up not at all oh man and i also want to say another perk i and i don't know if this necessarily counts as a perk but like we talked about it already vince getting a million dollars for a photo shoot that feels like a bit of a perk you know like yeah. it's not you're not i don't think too many celebs even these days are getting a million dollars for a one-day photo shoot and, uh, so I'm that assuming, was uh, like natasha the supermodel is just getting her like retainer rate which is probably yeah. you know nearing six figures but when you are a movie star and you're the face of a 
you know, worldwide campaign, uh, that's that's a big payday. So completely agree. Speaking yeah. of Natasha, the supermodel, this is a new Tatador, and it only kind of comes around in an episode where there's like a strong female of the wheat. And this Tatador is called Keeper or Sleeper. Is the girl of the wheat, is she, marriage material might not be it, John, but like, is she just like worth having around? Does she seem like someone that like could be more of a long-term relationship for Vinny or E or Drama or Turtle? whoever she may be. And I want to talk about Natasha, the supermodel. Let me give you her uh, her stats before we talk about this idea. Her The actress who plays Natasha, Daniela Van Gras, was born in the Netherlands. She's an actress. She's been in Made in Manhattan, Perfect Stranger, and Something's Gotta Give. Three pretty high-profile movies yeah, in the early no 2000s. She's very talented. She can speak Dutch, English, German, and French. Her native language is obviously Dutch. And she has starred in advertisements for Armani, Avino, Covergirl, L'Oreal, Maybelline, Pantene, Pepsi, and Max Factor, whatever the hell that is. I liked Natasha. It's, a, it's makeup, Max Factor. <laughs> thank makeup. you, thank you. Um, you're welcome. I like Natasha too. I think um, you could tell that she was an actress because mm-hmm. she had good like chops. Yep. Like you could tell that she wasn't because sometimes they do sort of shoehorn in like real life models oh. that Vince is like interacting with, and they're very wooden and bad at acting. Sure. Um, and, and it's very notable. Um, and she was very noticeably like comfortable on camera, which I think lent to her having sort of a good vibe where you're sort of like, okay, I can buy that Vince like met this girl a few years ago and she actually stuck out in his mind. Yep. And obviously she's beautiful. Um, so that, that part I thought was really cool. But as far as being marriage material, yeah, that's not the, I would have, yeah, it's not the right wording. No, but I hear what you're saying. Like, I just think that, um, I would have hated if she was a recurring character in the show because the plot line they would have definitely done with her would have been that like she was traveling all the time mm. as a model mm. and was doing like nude photo shoots with other guys. Yep. And then we would have had to deal like that plot line would have sucked ass because yeah. they do quite a few of those plot lines with Vince. Like he's like a jealous guy. Yeah. And so that would have been another one of Vince's jealous guy. Oh, she's always leaving. Oh, she had to go to Hawaii. Oh, she had to go to London, blah, blah, blah. And the way they treat models in this episode is kind of like they're prostitutes. Yeah. Like that's kind of the way that they talk about the models. So then we would have to deal with weeks of them like calling her a whore <laughs> and like all this. And it would have been horrible. <laughs> like their treatment of her would have been so bad yeah. that it would have been painful. So like I think she's like the in the episode for the perfect amount of time where like because I think too – as a watcher of Entourage at this time, as a 23-year-old guy, like, they wanted you to want the girl, right? Like, they want... You're supposed to be watching the show being like, I wish I was Vince. So the idea that there's this, like, 10 out of 10 amazingly attractive woman who also seems, like, pretty laid back and cool is that kind of, like, oh, my God. She's out there. I just got to keep looking. She's out out there. (laughs) She is out there, man. Oh, my God. So I think, yeah, she. I liked her a lot. I thought she was very cool for this episode. Glad it did not turn into a long-term storyline. I think I agree. I need to workshop this category. I think you get what I'm going with it. Like, is this someone that, like, you liked? Or is this someone who, like, hook up with the girl and then leave in the dust? I wouldn't mind if she stuck around for a two-, three-episode arc. There are certainly some female characters that overstay their welcome on Entourage. I don't think I would have been super bothered if Natasha, the supermodel, had stuck around for an episode. Even, like, one more episode, they're in Hawaii together, would be interesting. And I think the argument could be made, if if Vinny Chase is, like, a Leonardo DiCaprio-type person, Leonardo DiCaprio 
only dates like 23, 24 year old models. I think that was what they were trying to emulate a little bit. Right, right. Well, and of course, Kevin Connolly was, you know, in uh, Leonardo's posse. That's right. Yep. You know, so that's uh, so. May- yeah, maybe they were really going from some firsthand experience. I'm sure there. they treated supermodels just like you know really well <laughs> in that posse. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. How would this episode be different today, plot wise? And obviously, let's just avoid like we've, we've kind of talked about it already. Like they don't treat women really well in this episode. We got it. I've got a couple ideas, but I want to hear yours first. Yeah, so I think instead of it being like a Dolce and Gabbana thing, Vince would be uh, getting a million dollars to appear in some sort of TikTok or yep. Instagram yep. adjacent thing. Branded and Natasha would, yep. yeah, Natasha would have been an influencer. Ooh. I think is the way they would have uh, done it, where it would have been like not necessarily models, because I think even in twenty twenty two, right, like supermodels aren't. They're, it's not like they're not a thing, yeah. but it's not a th- they're not a thing in the way that they were in the like late '90s, early aughts. You know where Kate Moss and Naomi sure. Campbell and like were legitimate, like insanely famous people. You know, because now the, those types of like beautiful women who are insanely famous because they're beautiful, like the Kardashians sure. and whatever, it's they're influencers. That's yeah. their thing, right? So I think that's how the plot would have been a little bit different. Um, and that would have worked because Vince would have been like, TikTok, I don't even understand TikTok. How could I be in a thing, you know? Because that's his, he's apprehensive sure. about being in the photo shoot because he's like, I'm not a model. So it'd be the same thing. I'm not an influencer. This is their culture I don't understand. And then the influencer would be surprised, insanely hot. Yeah. And then it would be like, oh, geez, I didn't realize that like influencers were so hot, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Turtle, then- we should be an influencer. And Turtle's like, Vinny, I already got 500,000 followers. You know, just like. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. I love that. Yeah, drama's like, bro, she's she's huge. She's huge on the talk. And he's like, just like, he's been on TikTok the longest somehow, even though he's the oldest yes, guy. Yes, that would totally be the <laughs> plot line. You're not on TikTok? Bro, bro, you're not on TikTok? Are you kidding me? I'm, bi- I'm yeah, huge he on would... TikTok, bro. Okay, I've got two. Yeah. First off, Ari would not be blowing off his top-earning television reality show writers they would literally no. be his top earners in 2022 because go on Netflix, go on any streaming service. That's what that's what's in the global top ten. Half of them are fucking reality shows. Like, 100. percent That that was just like one little thing. It's obviously a funny scene. Like the you know the the reality TV writers want to rewrite The Hobbit and you know do it on spec, and it's all kind of culminating and crescendoing with Tambor like yelling at Ari and Ari just being like, "That's it. I'm leaving. I'm going to Geneva." There's there's greener pastures. There's the man. You know your time is precious. Not for talented people like you. So, I hear you want to make the jump into features. We want to write something for Peter Jackson. He usually writes his own stuff. Yeah, well, we have a yeah. take on The Hobbit. We want to make oh. him a giant. I'm kidding. Yeah. Seriously, we have a well, take. <laughs> OK, he wrote all three Lord of the Rings. So I think he's going to want to write that. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, OK. Well, <clears throat> do you have a sample? We do. It's the Hobbit. We did it on spec. But we don't want to just send it to him. No, no, we want to present it face to face. Uh, he's in New Zealand. We have a plane. We just got it. You can come. I have to go to the bathroom. Ari. Can we just give you the quick pitch? It's very short. Oh, just give I a have second. to go to the bathroom. Ari, stay. Ari, stay. The whole thing's a metaphor for... I speak... Ari! Sylvain Talar, Josef Maritime. Ari! 
Where are you going, Ari? To the bathroom. The bathroom's the other way. Honey, listen, yeah, pack those bags. We're going to Geneva tonight. Be with our friends! Geneva, Ari, what is going on? What should I tell Jeffrey? I don't give a fuck! And then, I think the reveal that Freddy the photographer is a straight man who wants to blow Vince wouldn't even be a plot point. And not because of, like, there's anything problematic about that, but... Because everyone's sexual fluidity would be just, like, really on display if Entourage was in 2022. And I think it would just kind of all be out on the table already. And, I, in fact, people might not like this, but I would argue that if Entourage was in 2022, Vince would be and could be bisexual, unlike what he says oh, to yeah. Freddie. Oh, I could believe that for sure. Absolutely, yeah. No, I think that's a good point. So, it, it's it you know, the fact that it's played as, like, this reveal, oh, we thought Freddie might have been a straight man as he did his Shauna, like, a prolonged kiss, and, like, oops, it's not Natasha he's into. He's into Vince, and, like, Vince handles it very well, handles it professionally, but, like, that just isn't even a plot point. It's just, like, and then there's Freddie, the bisexual, you know... <laughs> Photography. Yeah, just, totally, it, totally. Kind of steamroll over it. Vinny, I think it's really sweet how concerned you are about the campaign, but it doesn't matter who the model is, she's decoration. You want the money, you want a brand, you want a drink. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just thought we had really great chemistry. I'm not sure I really felt it with this other girl. Well, let's dump her. You know what I mean? You can choose whoever you want. I'll get you a book. Uh, you know, Freddie, I think your instincts were right the first time. We should go with Natasha. What are we gonna do? She quit. Really? Did she? Well, what'd she tell you? Oh, fuck it. I fired her. She lied to me. She never told me when I booked her that she knew you. We don't really know each other. We shared a plane ride together. So why'd you give a fuck? It's a principal thing. Not principal. Look, I'm paying you a fortune to do a photo shoot. Vinny, don't blow this between you and me. I've got big plans for you. Freddie, I am a professional. Well, this don't seem too professional to me. And firing a girl because she doesn't want you is. So, because she doesn't want me? Is that what you think? Do you think she does? Of course she wants me. They all want me. Look at me. I don't want her. No, then what do you want? I want you, you beautiful boy. Look, I didn't know you had history. No, I'll compete with all the other anorexic empty spaces, but I can't compete with history. Freddie, there's no competition. I'm not gay. I'm not even bi. Hey, I'm just a straight man that likes sucking cock. <clears throat> no one's gonna know. Faces in the crowd, John, every week we just kind of talked. Anyone jump out at you as like, oh, I know that guy from something, or I know that actress from somewhere else? I've got one. Um, no, I don't think so. I, I think when I was watching it, I, yeah, I don't think I really noticed anybody that, uh, that stuck out. So we've got one. Aside from the writers, yes. the reality show writers looked familiar yes. to me, but I didn't know from what. But I was just like, I know they're not actual. Because in Entourage, it could have been two guys who like wrote on Survivor or something, but it was clearly actors, mm -hmm. and I recognized them, but I didn't know from what. So one of them, I would say like the bigger of the two, he's wearing a Chicago Cubs hat. His name is Hayes MacArthur. He plays the TV writer Levinson in that short scene about the Hobbit script. Chicago guy. Born in Chicago. He's an actor and producer known for Angie Tribeca, She's Out of My League, and Super Troopers 2. I remember him specifically for She's Out of My League, the movie with yes. Jay Baruchel. Totally. Um, I actually just watched that like not that long ago. So that now I'm now I'm like, oh yeah, he plays Jay uh Jay Baruchel's 
the brother of the yeah brother-in-law exactly um and yeah. that's a great rewatch by the way has it's aged great it is and like, yeah yeah alice eve is in it she's later on in entourage but small world stuff with entourage hayes MacArthur is married to ali larder They've been married since 2009. Oh, they have two children. No way. Allie Larder in the Entourage pilot storms up to E and is like, where's Vince? And E's like, Allie, Vince doesn't want to talk to you. And she's like, go fuck yourself, Eric. And like storms off. Because she was a big deal back in 2004. Oh, yeah. I wonder if she wooed Hayes with a whipped cream bikini. <laughs> only, on an, only on an Entourage podcast can you probably successfully make a Varsity Blues reference. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Sits Man Award, John. Every week, someone comes off the bench to light it up in an episode. A lot of good candidates. Who have you got for me? Ooh, I mean, coming off the bench is tough for me because I, I, I never really feel like any of the main guys are on the bench. I'll just say um, I love Shauna. I've always loved yep. the character of Shauna. I don't necessarily love her in this episode because, <laughs> yeah, she makes that really weird comment about models and stuff. But anytime Debbie Mazar just walks, I was always a huge fan of Shauna. So I'm just giving I'm just giving her the the sixth woman award. Yep. Uh, I, I'm not it, again. I don't think she necessarily carried this episode by any means, but just a fun. Uh, it's just always good to see her in an episode. She's like the West Coast mom of the group, but with like the worst foul mouth on the planet and. There's a really small line she says after Natasha and Vince have their moment and Natasha walks away and she just turns to Vince and goes, you fucked that girl, didn't you? It's like, yeah. it's like she has the intuition of like a mother sister thing. And, and like, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. The, the lines are a little, you know, she has a lot of speaking lines in this one. I really also love when she's like at Tinder care with her kids and her assistant is yes. like taking care of it. And she's like, Christy, where are all the models staying? And the, the assistant is like ready to pull her fucking hair out at the W. Like, pretty good. It just, yeah. the little insights into uh, Shauna's like personal life with her kid and like the assistant, it's always very funny. Who gives a shit why some model quit? I mean, they're like cockroaches. Stamp went out and 50 look like show up in their place. I want a number, Shauna, not a lecture. Well, I can't get it. And her agency wants to know who it's for because apparently 50 actors a week call trying to bang her. Oh, great. Look, what's the big deal? Do you really like this one? I'm just curious to know what happened. Christy, where are all the models staying? At the W. The W, Vince. But I mean, go there if it's really eating you, but go cautiously because if she really did quit over you showing up, it could be really creepy. Thanks, Shauna. You don't think she quit because of me, do you? No shot. No way. Maybe. It's possible. I'll also say, I mean, Jason Isaacs is Freddy. Jason Isaacs is iconic yeah. film and television actor. Just off the top of my head for movies. He's in The Patriot, Black Hawk Down. He was Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter series. He was Captain Hook in the newer Peter Pan. I mean, this guy's been a working actor for like 30 years and, you know, just doing a... Doing a, a week gig on Entourage. Oh, mate, she's a model. She probably got her period and thought she got stabbed. Like, it's funny. It's not the best line, but, uh, it, it, you know, I like him. He's, and my wife loves him. So when I was re-watching this. She's like, is that Jason Isaac? So I was like, yeah, <laughs> calm down. Like, calm down. <laughs> calm down. Yeah. Okay. We've kind of already talked about drama and Ari, but any Johnny drama moments jump out at you outside of the ones we've already discussed? Yeah, so like you said, we've already talked about a lot. So I purposely chose just a different thing. It's not a particular moment, 
but it's just the idea that drama is going to this event that he knows is going to be populated with models and he's trying to <laughs> sleep with the models and his outfit choice is a Panama hat <laughs> with an open Hawaiian shirt-ish or like bowling shirt type of thing with like the, the white tank top underneath is hilarious to me. It's just that classic like drama is yeah he we know drama he would have gotten up an hour early he would have got his game face on he's like this is it i'm gonna get laid today this is gonna rock and this is like his in his mind his like a plus outfit <laughs> and he looks absolutely ridiculous and old it makes him look old and shitty yep. and so that to me is just so funny and drama did that all that like they you know they dress kevin dylan up and stuff like that all the, the time bowling shirts good. yeah the bowling shirts, but that, yeah, that really got me. The Panama hat and the unbuttoned Hawaiian shirt, he was just preparing for the invite to Hawaii at the end of the episode. So he had the foresight. That's yeah, what it was. yeah, exactly. I'm, all, I'm already, I'm already got my clothes. Bro, I don't need to pack. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real, like one little interaction. It's probably the best of the uh, episode. Two models walk by and he goes, how you doing, honey? <laughs> and the models go, which one of us are you calling honey? And he's like, whichever one of you is interested. It stands up. He's like a ball of insecurity. It's, it's, it's pretty fucking good. I, uh, uh, you, you gotta give it up for him. That's why we have a whole category dedicated to him. It's like, there's just so many good, uh, drama moments. How about Ari? Any, uh, any more Ari moments? And we kind of talked about him hustling well, at the funeral. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, I love anytime Ari is doing business in a place where he shouldn't be. It's very funny. Yeah. You know, there's the episode where he's doing it at, I don't know if it's Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur but there's yep. like a J Yom Kippur where Mrs. Ari insists like, this is the one day you just like, you can't do business at the synagogue, yep. you know, whatever. And he's like sneaking out and he's got two phones and he's trying <laughs> to coordinate the thing with Vince. And, what, and then at, at his daughter's uh, bat mitzvah oh too, I believe it like, so there is always something extremely funny about Ari. Um, just like desperately wanting to conduct business in these places that he knows he shouldn't. Yep. And I also loved, you talked about the the line at the beginning he has for Alan where, yeah, he says, you know, I still hate you even though you're dead or whatever. <laughs> and then John comes up and I love, he has a line where he taught, where he says, um, I was with him when it happened, you know, <laughs> like that's like his kind of, yeah. it's just like the weirdest brag. Yeah. Like I was golf, I was golfing with him when he died. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like, and I just, that to me is so funny too. Like he's just constantly trying to seem relevant and, um, like he's a cool, like he's constantly trying to be cool. So it's very funny to me that like in his mind, he thinks that's a thing that makes him look cool. It's like, I was with this guy when he had a heart attack and died on the golf course. Maybe that'll endear him to John Ellis more to give yeah. Vincent Chase the second lead role in smoke jumpers. Like in his demented brain, like if I bring up that yeah. I was there, maybe he'll, he'll have some pity on me, right? Like he'll feel bad. Oh, you witnessed the death. Sure. I'll give your star client, uh, this role that I don't even fucking know about. Second to last question, who besides Vince won this week's episode of Entourage? Vince wins big time this week with the supermodels and the trip to Hawaii. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't only one answer, but I want to hear yours. I think it's, it's got to be E for me. Okay. Um, he's maybe he's maybe got a new client. He's about to sleep with a woman way better looking than him again. <laughs> Has E ever slept? Does E ever get with anyone on this show that is even remotely on his level? So I will I say, mean, I guess I will say his girlfriend next season, um, the short girl, and I'm forgetting her name and all the Entourage fans are yelling into their 
uh, headsets right now. Because, yeah, the first, like, five years of the show is just, like, this impossible string of hot women. And I, I guess, like, again, we're supposed to believe, like, oh, Kevin Connolly was in DiCaprio's posse and he was a teen star, kind of, and whatever. But, like, for me, he's not a, he's a short redhead. He's not a good-looking guy. And then he goes through this string of, like, yeah, the perfect 10 model they reference in this episode. <laughs> Monica Kina is his first girlfriend. He was, like, a total babe back in the day. Um, you know, and then obviously Emmanuel Shariqui, and then he gets to have a threesome with her and oh Malin Ackerman. <laughs> like, it's just like a crazy, he just has a crazy run. And then Raina, for me, is the best looking woman of all the models in the episode. She's beautiful. And then, he, and then he's about to, you know, it seems like she's, it, they did the sort of swerve where it was like, oh, I want you to be my manager. But then they did the re-swerve where it was like, oh, but I am still also going to have sex with you in Hawaii. So of course, for me, uh, for me, E was the big was the big winner in this episode. Okay, totally fair. The season six girlfriend that I will, which I am not looking forward to talking about, is named Ashley. Just for all the listeners, Ashley. Yes. That's right, right. Um, I'm going to say that Ari won this episode. He's literally the only ta- only candidate for the head of Warner Brothers fucking studio pictures. Like it's a it's a big deal. I, I do want to circle back to this because we started the episode talking about it. In two or three episodes, Ari Gold, and this is, I guess this is spoilers. Everyone who's listening to this podcast has watched the show. He does a bait and switch and gives Dana Gordon the job. Again, so that he can stay Vince's manager to get Vince a second lead in a movie that doesn't even end up getting made. Why does he do this again? It's still just so absurd. It makes it's mind blowing. And then at the very, you know, let's fast forward to the end of the entire show. John Ellis steps down as CEO of the, I don't even know what the global company is called that owns Warner brothers, but it's not the studio. It's like, you know, it's like how general general electric owns NBC. Like it's, it's something bigger. So at the end he gets that job. It's just still so confusing to me. Why Ari continues to, put his one client before the future of him and his family it makes no sense (laughs) it doesn't make any and and, and like everything we know about hollywood in real life is that it's ruthless everything we know about the real life guy that ari gold is based on is that he's ruthless everything we know about ari gold the fictional character is that he's ruthless so it just becomes him i know like vince is the main character of the show whatever but it doesn't an agent in Ari's position would step on Vince's head <laughs> to to do whatever they had to do to be to be in a higher position. Like it just it's such a weird like it's such a main character syndrome thing and I understand it Vince is the main guy but yeah, it just everything we're ever told is how ruthless this business is and Ari for whatever reason the most ruthless guy just has the world's largest soft spot for this mostly untalented guy and his three annoying friends. <laughs> Two loser friends and like, you know, yeah. manager who is constantly butting heads with him and like undermining yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally, right? Like it just, yeah, when you break it down like that, and that's, again, not to shit on the show. Obviously, I've seen yeah. the whole entourage. I like the show, but it just, yeah, when it when you actually break it down, the logic. It starts to get, yeah, the logic is very puzzling. Oh, man. Was this an A-list, B-list, or D-list episode of Entourage, and we can use pluses or minuses, John? 
Yeah, I it's tricky. Last time I was on, I said C list, so I don't want to do that again. <laughs> so I'll I'll just say B minus okay. only because yes, it furthers the Ari storyline, but the Vince storyline in this episode kind of is irrelevant, really. Sure. Like the only part of it that's relevant is the sort of we need to. Fi- I was hoping we would finish what we started, but the whole like plot line with Natasha and whatever. This could just be any episode of any season. Like, it's a self-contained story. It doesn't further Vince's career in any way. If anything, it sets him back a bit because he doesn't take the million dollars. We never see the photographer again. We never see Natasha again. Like, in the grand... We never see Reyna again. So, in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty inconsequential episode aside from the Ari stuff, which, like you said, we know a couple episodes later doesn't even happen. Um, so yeah, so rewatching it, it, it was kind of like, uh, you know, for me, an A-list episode of Entourage is one that furthers the plot and is also a great episode. And I feel like this was a good episode that didn't really further the plot. So it's kind of a, yeah, in that sort of B, B minus range for me. I'll give it a solid B plus. I agree with most of your points. I do think the set pieces of Ari at the funeral the private jet hanger at the end, fake plastic trees, and just kind of like this tremendable dive into the world of modeling. It was all interesting. And I and I did. I said earlier, like, rewatching this was fun. A lot of good music, a lot of like good lines. Like there wasn't a single plot that I was like, oh, I'm I'm bored of this. So and this is coming on yeah. the heels of Dominated when Dom returns in the Joshua Tree episode, the last two episodes. Like this was just fresh. This was fun. It was in LA. It was colorful. There was some good music and I really enjoyed it. Um the only thing this does set up plot-wise is they're flying back from Hawaii next episode and Turtle sits in first class next to Jamie Lynn Siebler. So that's, oh. I guess, the, like, that's why they're going to Hawaii to get him, you know, trapped next right. to her for hooked up, five hours. Hooked up with Jamie Lynn, yeah. You know, and it is funny that you mentioned, like, I can't even, um, like, yeah, I rewatched this in the pandemic. It is amazing. These episodes of this show, almost like no other show breeze by i don't know what it is about this show but it is like candy and i don't even think it's a good show (laughs) at the end of the day you can't even if you love entourage i don't think in your heart of hearts at the end of the day you could say yes it's a good show it's like an average show at best with good moments but like an average show overall but there's just something about it. Like for Blocked Party right now, we're watching the new Sex in the City. Oh, um, and just like that. Yeah, we're doing similar to this. It's like an episode by episode kind sure. of breakdown of, of the new Sex in the City. And those episodes are longer. They're about 40 minutes. But it's like it feels every minute of that 40 minutes. And I think I've been watching a lot of shitty stuff lately. I also watched the 2016 sex comedy Surf School uh, for your Kickstarter sucks. It's got Harland Williams in it. It's very bad. And Cisco, Cisco's like only acting role. That's really rough. Yeah. Don't ever watch I've it. But it. it's just like, I'm so used to watching content that I don't like and it, and it feels like murderous the whole time. So last night when I was queuing up this episode to watch for, for this show, um, I saw that it was like 28 minutes long and I was like, ah, geez, you know, this is going to be ah, 28 minutes. And then it's just like over like yep. that. I don't know what it is about this show, but man, does it go yep. down easy. It goes down so easy. I hope this podcast episode went down easy. John, thank you once again for joining us here on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Where can the good listeners find you, follow you, listen to you? 
Well, first of all, thank you for having me back. So excited you brought the podcast back. Hopefully I can get maybe one more episode in with you before the show's yeah, run definitely. is over because uh, I love doing it. Uh, but yeah, everybody, you can find me on Twitter at Cullen the Comic. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm on the podcast Block Party, uh, which is me and Stefan Heck. Uh, we have a guest on every week to talk about a time they were blocked on social media. Uh, that's at Blocked Party Pod. And then I have a review podcast as well uh, where I review new metal albums. So your Corns, your Limp Biscuits, your Stains. Uh, it's me and Brian Quinby from Street Fight Radio. Uh, we do one classic new metal album a month. So it's, you know, just you can pop in and out it's easy um and that's at uh, the pod underscore cast and we spell cast with a k like corn it's uh, one of the best so, podcast yeah. names i've heard and there's a lot of <laughs> podcasts out there now but uh it's thank it's awesome. you thank you I, yeah it's one of those we had the name before we had the show yep. but uh thankfully i think that i liked i would like to hope the show lives up to the name but uh but yeah it's uh they're both a great time so yeah if you're looking for new podcasts we'd love to have you and we'll definitely try to have you back maybe you know season seven vince is on drugs season eight Oh, dramas yeah. uh trying to star in an animated movie so we'll we'll, we'll find one for you and uh, johnny's bananas johnny's we gotta bananas. we gotta have some johnny's <laughs> yeah you gotta have me on for a dice clay johnny's bananas episode i would love that sounds great thanks again and uh, i'll talk to you soon thanks so much Bye.